Hello, ma'am. Uh, hi. Um, so, you guys, so today we have Dr. Alnakshi Krishnan with us. Um, she's pursuing her Master of Dental Surgery in Conservative Dentistry and Endodontics from AIMS Delhi. And um, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you for having me, Amaya. I think it's my great pleasure. interacting with my juniors. Yeah, <laughs> like, uh, like we have we have a lot of interesting questions for you lined up. Okay. And um, and I remember, uh, like we never interacted in college. You were my super senior. So when I joined yeah. the college and you were leaving, <laughs> but then exactly, had, yeah. I, mean, I think that's like five years apart or something. Yeah, and but like everyone in my batch, like everyone knew you, and then we all were just fangirling about. <laughs> Oh my god, that's really sweet. Yeah, so I'm really excited and looking forward to this interview. Yeah, me too. Let's see what you have for me. Okay, um, so um, let's start uh, with uh, talking about your journey. So please okay. tell us, um, so like where were you born, your schooling and everything. Okay, so hi everyone, I'm Arunakshi as Amaya just told you. And I was born in Bangalore, grew up in Bangalore, lived in Bangalore for 24 years of my life. And um, I did my entire schooling, 14 years of it, ICSC and ISC in the Frank Anthony Public School. And um, immediately after that, I joined RV Dental College for my BDS, where I had the most memorable five years of my life. And uh, following which, I am now doing my PG, my GRship in uh, Ames, New Delhi, in the Center for Dental Education and Research. Uh, in the Department of Conservative Dentistry and Endodontics. So, we but like we know your educational profile, but like who are you apart? Okay. Like yeah, who are you apart from uh, being a doctor? Who am I? I mean, yeah. um, a lot of things. It depends on what you want to know about. So, so like, I have a lot of interests. So in school, I was an all-rounder. I never. I love to study. I loved being on top of my academics throughout because of, you know, that's how me and my sister have been brought up. But in addition to that, we were never unidimensional people. So we basically were very much into sports, athletics and basketball. Uh, I've played five years of badminton in school and then six years of tennis. And I was uh, very much into music as well. I learned how to play the piano, read music. I was part of the uh, school choir where we performed a lot of Western classical songs at uh, various functions, including the Raj Bhavan and everything. Oh. <laughs> so uh, I always look at all the extracurricular activities as, as importantly as how my uh, academics has been. And in fact, I would credit my extracurricular activities for helping me stay up to date with my academics because you can't just keep studying all the time. And I think the more facets you add to your personality, the more well-rounded you become. And, um, and art, of course, plays a very important role, even though I may not have an Insta page uh, dedicated to art or uh, cooking yet. I think art has always been a part of my life. I've been quite a voracious reader in my younger days, although that's been uh, sort of overshadowed by my academic books in the recent past, but I still love reading. And art has always been a part of it. I'm sort of rediscovering that um, love that I had for painting and drawing and just experimenting with a lot of colors and everything. And now my recent thing is sort of into, I'm sort of learning how to cook a little bit. 
Yeah. I started off with my mom, but obviously in BDS, I didn't have too much time. But now I'm sort of trying to pick, pick up on that. And I'm starting to play the ukulele. So that's about me. Okay, that's, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> like people like people like when they look at like someone and like who's studying at such a prestigious college, they're just like, okay, they must be such nerds. They won't be doing any. Oh, after, so yeah. No, I, like, yeah. I didn't call myself the sort of stereotypical nerd in the sense that I did not go to any big coaching centers until CDs where it was very much necessary for me to learn. Yeah. So throughout my schooling, all of, uh, no, no tuitions and stuff. It was at home with my parents because I think they created such a conducive environment for me and my sister to study. So it, it was absolutely natural. I don't think there's any necessity for anyone to tell us to do anything. And because my parents themselves are so much into books and academics themselves. So it's like setting an example for us rather than telling us what to do. And they taught me so many subjects between themselves. So it was almost like the most natural thing to do. And once you are brought up in an environment like that, you automatically sort of learn how to take charge on your own following that, I think. So that's how it is with academics. And if you're focused on it, I don't think you really need to be a 24-7 nerd. True. You know how to yeah. Like, uh, how did you manage, uh, like, studying and uh, art together? Like, like, where, like, how, where did it overlap? Uh, I'm not sure how to answer that. Uh, I would study when I had to study. It's basically like, for me, I know how long I would take to complete a particular syllabus. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. So I'd start off with something, give it a first read see how comfortable I am with it. If I am sort of comfortable, then I know that I can finish this and handle it. And you know, you have a mental map of how much you can do and how much time it's going to take you. And once you have that in mind, I think if you're really sorted and you have that clarity of thought and you know what you're doing, then you'd figure out that probably 24 hours in a day is plenty of time to do everything that you really want to do. And physical activity and physical health is very very important for your mental health and of course you know in between studies just going for a half an hour run I think that jogs you up brightens up your mind and you start looking at your academics in a totally different way so I think all of these sort of help each other uh I don't think you can just be into academics all the time, as I said. So sports and art and everything, they are not very time consuming. They probably take up one to two hours a day, but they're so very necessary because in the long run, you know, it's so much about how you turn out to be as a person Yeah. in addition to what you do for a living. So um, the more the more things you try to explore, the more you learn and the more people you get to interact with. And I think that's really important for becoming a better person. Yeah, I agree. And um, like even I have like, I see you like, I you, you said you, you used to play tennis also. And I saw you, you like Roger Federer as well. <laughs> oh, I'm a big Roger Federer fan. And I know you are one too. So it started in 2005, I think when I sort of fell ill and I had to bunk school for probably I never bunked school so it was the first time I bunked in the entire year I think and there's nothing on TV so I started watching a Federer match and 
I don't think I've ever missed a Federer match since then, and I was like a die-hard fan and everything, and went with all the ups and downs of for uh, all the Grand Slam finals and everything, and I yeah. Like recently, that, that was that played a big role in you know sort of teaching me that you can be competitive without being. Uh, overly aggressive and everything true true so true yeah. <laughs> like recently like um so like i'm scared these days what if he also uh, announces his re- retirement like even though he said I, yeah like, you know i used to uh, now that you brought that up i think i that was probably my biggest fear when i was in school that oh my god i won't watch tennis once federer retires and everything yeah. but <laughs> i think i'd look at it now as a career well played and well spent and he's he's played for like way longer than probably any of the other younger players and stuff have lasted because he's been majorly injury free and so very consistent and conservative in the way he plays which has kept him going for so long so i think for everyone his we have seen a really really long career from federer and i think that that would inspire a lot of people yeah and he's been there through many generations of us fans and exactly. stuff so i think even if he announces his retirement uh, it's probably for the benefit of the four um yeah, the kids who probably teaching yeah too, so that would be pretty cool too so i don't think he's leaving tennis he'd probably come back as you know a coach or a commentator so think it's important for everyone to prioritize what's important in their life at, at any given stage yeah so true so um we since you talked about competition so what do you think like what like to what extent should a person be competitive oh uh, i think the only point of being competitive is to try and be better than your previous self i know that probably sounds cliche but that's the the most important purpose if you have a competitive nature because um you cannot control people around you you cannot control situations around you people are going to be studying in different patterns or performing or playing in different ways everyone's peaks and uh, sort of troughs come at different points in their life so you can never really compare your trajectory to how someone else's life is charting out so um trying to keep up with someone or trying to be ahead of someone is not really beneficial because you won't really find out in which way you're going and you won't be exploring your own field you'll be trying to compare your field with someone else's and that sort of probably cripples your abilities a little but better than that would be trying to figure out how far you've come what are the things you've achieved and what do you need to do to get better what are the things you find hard difficult and where do you where do you see yourself in the next 5 years keeping that bigger picture in mind is always very important because only with that larger picture are you going to you know move ahead on a daily basis and make sure that you are better than what you did yesterday so even if you study 10 minutes today or if you work or you do two patients today you are anyway better than what you were yesterday so if you just look at incremental incremental you know improvements over time i think that automatically would take you to where you're going and better not to focus on the people you're running with on the sides it's your track 
you need to keep running on that and reach your finish line if there is a finish line <laughs> but uh, you know like right in like from third year there's this competition of like shark students like getting your way when it comes to clinics and even though like <laughs> even though you're supposed to focus on yourself and like not uh, like compete with your own peers but it just kicks in because someone is doing like say six patients a day and you're just like on second and then the selfishness and like it like it changes you the clinics and the quota i think it changes you like what do you think uh, i know that that would be an impression that people have uh, but the so called shark students i'm just sort of laughing about the fact that there's a name for that now <laughs> but yeah uh, more than that what i feel is uh, quotas are very important because it makes sure that you have done this many amount of patients in that time so it, it You, you automatically assume that you have that much minimum at least amount of experience in the clinic but the actual purpose of quotas and the purpose of working in the clinic is to make sure that whatever patient you have worked on you have given your best and you've learned something new from that patient i know that there are a lot of quotas that need to be finished and again i'm saying that you know you may finish the quota like really slow throughout the year and then finish it in the end but as long as you're consistent throughout you don't bunk classes and you are always there on time and giving your best i don't think you again need to bother about what others are doing because uh the quota is fixed for everyone yeah so as long as you finish it on time and you have enough time to manage your clinics and studies i don't think there's uh, anything more to worry about the people around you even though it seems really intimidating when people are sort of way ahead if they way ahead then probably you need to focus on that particular subject and look at where you are in the quota and how you plan on finishing it but i still feel that the maximum emphasis would not be on completion completion of a quota just for the sake of completion but more about what have you learned from that patient and how well would you be able to carry on from that point on yeah and uh, so uh, so like uh, do you, what do you think like uh, the competition is more in ug or like right now in pg oh i had probably one of the most competitive batches of rb and oh my god i don't think i had a day off when i did not think about my academics or my quota or how i'm going to finish something and i remember we used to like run to get signatures in between classes mm. and everyone was just everywhere all the time i don't think uh, yeah we were sort of known to be the most competitive batch in that sense wow. but i think uh having said that it was quite beneficial to everyone as well we did a lot more work than was sort of expected of us in the clinics and academically i think we sort of overperformed just because every one around us is sort of uh, pushing to be better every yeah. day so that was definitely a uh, fuel that was powering everyone towards being towards excellence in a sense but also gave rise to some amount of stress yeah so it's it's each person's individual uh, way of tackling with the situation um in pg there is a lot of stress but it's very very different in the sense that it's not about quota it's about how many patients can you handle in a day how well can you handle the patients how well do you talk to them how well do you treat them or reassure them and you need to 
the patient load is so high so you need to make sure that you're up to date with that and the moment the clinics are over then you're down to your academic work and your research work so the entire evening and night goes in planning that so you have it's like juggling or you know even though you may feel like in ug you have just a few uh, a, a lot more subjects and you're juggling different subjects and in pg you're just committed to one subject Hmm. but i think once you enter pg you realize that in one subject you're juggling like five different aspects of it and you need to be on top of all of them at the same time so um better not to stress the small stuff and just make sure that you're up to date on a daily basis and life goes in the right direction yeah that's true um the so uh, so could you like tell us like what was each what is each year like for uh, all the dental students then <laughs> what was each year like <laughs> okay um first year was probably when few of us were very happy to be dentists and the others were probably not sure whether they took dentistry by choice or not and uh, it went off pretty smoothly and you're sort of learning to adapt to your environment get a feel of okay wow what is this new world because especially for me i'd been in the same school for 14 years so it was the first time i'm being in another institution making new friends and everything so i think first year is more of that sort of feeling your way through the new playing field and getting to know people and getting comfortable there and of course you learn the basic subjects too which is the core of everything that you're going to learn in future and i think second year was sort of pretty exciting for me because i wanted to be a dentist and you start to learn the dental subjects in second year and but it's also pretty stressful because of the preclinical and everything um it was a lot of fun second year we had a lot of fun went on class trips and everything so second year was memorable third year goes by in a flash with the you know planning all the different fest um, functions oh, yeah. and everything mm-hmm. yeah and um i think we went to a few conferences and presented posters and everything so third year was seemingly very chill until you know that uh, you have the three big papers ahead of you and that's not easy at all so i think it's sort of uh, underestimated okay everyone thinks that third year is very easy going but i think that's just that's that's I not true you need to i think you need to start studying from day one in third year as well but uh, final year is probably like it's it's like a market because you're trying to figure out among eight subjects what am i doing and where am i in each subject theoretically and practically and once you're done with your practicals you're just so exhausted you're wondering how you're going to learn anything in your theory yeah so that's probably the most stressful and the most most stressful part of final year would probably be the fact that you have uh the third internal assessment and the final exams uh, probably back to back so you have 8 plus 8 and then you do 8 plus 8 again so by that time exams are just like a daily business for you mm-hmm. and you know that you just need to show up be there for that exam and somehow you're going to get through so i think final year probably makes you the most resilient version of yourself and you're going to impress yourself in ways that you never thought you could and of course the struggle is worth it because at the end of it you become a absolutely certified licensed But, dentist <laughs> yeah 
but like uh, so there are a few people like in my batch also i know and they're like okay. other like so who are like from the start like they're still not like used to or like, have started liking dentistry yet but then okay. they, when, when they enter like clinics then they thoda sa like start developing like the likeness towards dentistry so like i think yeah yeah let me know yeah. so um so like what tips do you have for them because in fourth year there's going to be a lot of pressure and they have to and unless you are totally uh, motivated or like love that subject you i don't like how do you get through it uh i can only speak for myself because i am a dentist by choice not by chance but um by experience i know that most people end up initially probably it seems like you're stuck with a course that you probably may not have opted for initially and i don't think that dentistry should be taken in that sense i feel like dentistry should be given its due and uh, given the respect that it deserves as a standalone uh, profession because that's what it is it's very similar to med- medicine in a lot of aspects but it's also very different and extremely important in the care that we provide to you know patients because everyone has teeth everyone has dental problems including doctors or anyone yeah so dentistry is a niche profession that's so very critical to everyone and i think it the moment you start respecting dentistry that's the day you're going to start liking it and you're going to start wanting to know more about it and probably figure out how good you can be as a dentist and um, i think that comes to everyone at different points in their life uh, probably the ones who were not very uh, you know wanting dentistry from the beginning they probably learn it sometime in second year or final year when you're so into dentistry and it happens to everyone everyone starts liking it at some point in their life and it's i think that it's just a matter of time before someone figures out that dentistry is a pretty amazing profession and how important it is and um, once you respect the work that you do i think um, you'd realize the value of dentistry that's well said um uh, so like so what has been our biggest uh, motivation in life uh, like was it because you were like very disciplined from the start or like there was a big motivation which um, um I mean, uh, I, yeah, I was very disciplined from the start academically and everything, but that did not give me a clear picture as to what I wanted to do with my career. I mean, I knew that whatever I wanted to do, I probably wanted to be my best at it, not the best at it, but give my best. So that was my sole aim in life, not in what particular profession, because I knew that hopefully whatever I take, I'd give my best. and i had a lot of varied interests i loved physics and maths as much as i loved bio and chem and uh, 12th and isc but um i had a pretty severe dental trauma in 12th standard in my school because of which i was at my dentist clinic every weekend of my 12th standard and i think that was the biggest inspiration for me opting for dentistry because uh i saw how busy everyone is and i saw how much of work the dentist has to put in to you know fix. i realized first of all the importance of 
having a particular tooth in a particular way in your mouth because my teeth were sort of you know broken and it was pretty scary and you don't know if they can be saved and everything and then i saw my uh, all the dental team that i went to work miracles on my teeth and and they were all so busy and there are so many patients all the time and just the buzz of the dental practice is so electric and infectious and i was just very very inspired by the way they work and that was a turning point because i realized that it would be pretty amazing if i could develop the sort of skills that they had and work in that absolutely professional and you know um very very efficient way in which they work so for me it was always between um, engineering and dentistry so i was still a little confused but then i finally took dentistry and i think i'm i wouldn't change a thing about that i'm very very happy with it okay <laughs> but like so so you have no regrets in life till now for anything oh uh, no i don't think that if i would have to go back and change anything i'm not sure that i would change anything at all because each particular event has played its own role in um, bringing me to where i am today and making me the person that i am and i'm very happy with how things have turned out Yeah. yeah because like some okay. because exactly at that point of time you wanted it so it's like i wanted to be a dentist yes but um if you ask me on the particular day that i had my dental trauma i probably would have just wanted my tooth to be fine mm-hmm. but obviously uh, things sort of you know it opened up a different channel otherwise i never visited a dental clinic before that world was entirely closed to me i did not appreciate the value of I did not even know about how it works in a dental clinic and then I realized that oh my god there's this amazing world out there that could be mine the next year when I had to make a choice and I think that really motivated me to do this and I don't think uh, anyone should focus too much on having regrets yeah we all make good and bad decisions uh, it's all in the gray zone there's no black and white decisions so each of them plays a role if you've not of course uh, benefited from a particular decision at, you, at least you've learned a lesson that you're not going to yeah make, uh, you know bad decision again so each thing contributes in its own different way to making you who you are yeah true so um me since like we are among a pandemic uh, so what yeah. do you think uh, so what do you think like um the uh, like the situation of dentist of practice or dentist is going to be like is right now and post covid what are your thoughts i think that um of course the entire way of practicing dentistry in terms of the precautions that have to be taken during the pandemic are very very different compared to how we used to because we really need to make sure that we do not infect patients or ourselves or any of the healthcare workers in the process of delivering you know appropriate dental care to the patient yes. so this i think dentistry has picked up at this point with all the you know personal protective equipment and um, all the different precautions that are being taken whether it's the hepa filters or minim- minimizing the amount of aerosol that's generated or spread around and making sure that all the instruments are sterilized appropriately and everything so uh, it's just i think dentistry is suffering only as much as every other profession is suffering so it's in no way different and uh, it's just a speed breaker and i think 
we are going to take off pretty fine once the vaccine is out and hopefully everything is better. And dentists are practicing with a lot of risk, but everyone's out there to make sure that everyone is relieved of their dental emergencies. So hats off to everyone. Yeah, that's it. Um, so the after you're pursuing uh, conservative dentistry and endodontics, yeah. so uh, did you always want like want this branch or uh, uh... Um, probably I I don't think anyone has a clear idea of what, which branch they would prefer until you actually start working in the clinic and not just start working in the clinic. Probably when you work enough that you know sort of what are the different uh, aspects of each branch of dentistry and each branch is so important because I mean everyone probably feels that dentistry itself is sort of small because you're just dealing with the mouth and oh my god there are eight branches within that as well but each branch is so very important because only if all the branches work interconnected interconnectedly can we all uh, move ahead to having a, a sort of population that is free of a lot of dental problems but uh, for me, I, I think I really enjoyed working, having a hands-on experience and working in the clinics. So whether it was perio or prosto or endo, it was all very, I liked working with patients basically and I liked doing a lot of that. Uh, I obviously enjoyed ortho a lot as well. And uh, that was, it was sort of between ortho and endo for me but I think just working a lot on the patients and you know um, relieving the pain that people come with in endo I think that was very gratifying for me you actually see patients uh, within three settings being relieved of their pain and you know that they know that their tooth can be saved otherwise they are so you know worried about how are they going to eat? And, and dental pain is definitely not a small thing, as we all know. It's a very severe pain. And patients being relieved of that is probably the biggest reason that I took endo. And I'm very, very happy with that because on a daily basis, I get to make a small difference in the lives of a lot of people that I'm working with. So it's, that's, that's what drives me to do what I do every day. Um, so, um, do you remember treating your first patient? Yes, I do remember treating my first patient. was probably in uh, Perio. Yeah, it was a hand scaling. And uh, I think getting that hand-eye coordination, the mirror in the spray and the scaler in that way. And I don't think it was very horrifying looking into a patient's mouth. That was pretty fine. <laughs> but uh, just making sure that you do the right thing, you know, and you're working in the right way, that was, that was, it's very scary for anyone. But I think the moment you're working on your 10th patient, whether in period endo and third year, yeah. it starts to get so much more uh, fun. And then you start looking at it as, oh my God, I want to do my next patient. I want to work on more patients. I want to, you know, know the different sort of scenarios that I can handle and explore how far I can go and the things that I can see and learn. And of course, the more patience you do, the better your hand-eye coordination becomes and the more uh, improved your tactile skills become. So I think it's the first patient fear is just a very uh, small fear in the way of a lot of large things to come. So yeah. 
so but the 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 feeling like after you uh, like uh, treated the patient the happiness you got or is it the same as the happiness you get even now or like of now because that that first patient i mean first of all i'm so grateful that that patient had the confidence to come and be treated under you know my care and if you're able to deliver the sort of treatment that can relieve them of their you know periodontitis or their dental pain and you're able to make that minute difference and they are happy and their their dental health is better i think that automatically makes you feel like oh my god i can actually do things that can help people and yeah uh that feeling never dies because now i'm probably doing so many more patients than i had done before but with each patient there's a different connection that in the way you work with them and each patient is so different and their pain is unique to them alone they don't know that you've treated 500 yeah. patients before them so it you're still continuing to make a small difference in everyone's life and that starts off in a very very you know humble way in third year but it leads to a lot of lot more gratification with time to come even with the extractions and oral surgery and okay. treating the kids and pedo it's all part of the same experience yeah i agree um uh, but uh, so the um what are your views on private practice um and if people want to uh, start it just after bds um so do you have any um advice for them i'm not sure about that i probably i was very i personally wanted to make sure that i do an mds just so that i have the additional experience and the qualification because an mds probably rounds you off as a dentist Yeah. Um, so you know exactly what you know, especially from a research point of view and clinical skills point of view. These two things get very, very uh, well honed in uh, JRship, not uh, in a particular field. So if you want to be, you know, you learn the all-round thing in after BDS, but the intricacies of a particular field are more um, known to you in the MDS time. so uh definitely uh working after bds has worked out for a lot of people and you know you learn on the job and you learn ultimately whether you are working after bds or during mds you are working on patients so the more patients you work on the more experience you get yeah but doing an mds is always always more helpful in terms of uh, being more confident and making sure that you're uh, sort of providing the appropriate level and quality of care that you intend to provide yeah so like a uh, extra experience is like really nice of course yeah, yeah. so um to so be like what are your future plans as of now what are my future plans um probably going to work tomorrow again Uh, I know that I I was always a person who sort of made a lot of future plans in terms of how I'm going to finish off each year of school or college and what are my goals for that particular year but I think after joining MDS you sort of realize that um it's not everything is not goal based you know it's a job yeah and you need to do your job well every day there's no mountain to achieve but you need to make sure that every day what you're doing is done well 
and that's probably the most important thing at this point is to look at life on a daily basis rather than on a, you know we have enough of things to keep us uh, occupied and busy there are a hundred things that we have to deal with and complete and we have on our minds to work on every day so doing that well is of the highest priority right now and once that's done let's take a look at what what life holds one day at a time <laughs> <laughs> yeah one day at a time always because there's no time like the present yeah so um we so uh so we had posted uh, a story like where people can ask you se- send in their questions okay. yeah okay. um so i'll be asking you uh, the questions which have been sent in by uh, other people sure. yeah okay. so my first question is um uh, so their first question is um uh, how did you prepare for aims and meet uh, the tips and uh, the books you used okay so um me being the person that i was after my final year final exam i enjoyed two days or three days of freedom but then i of course i was doing a, a lot of art and badminton and everything but i decided that you know there's a mountain ahead known as the mbs entrance exam and uh, i did not want to lose a minute yeah. in that so i bought all my dental pulse and everything probably within a month of completing the final year final exams which is probably not what everyone would do and i did enjoy my vacations but i made sure that i have my books to remind me that you know it's not over yet mm-hmm. and uh, i started looking at the books and everything but i think my real real preparation started when i joined series and when i met uh, raisin store at series because i realized exactly what the future holds as in i knew i started realizing that okay these are the sort of fields and this is what i'll be having to do these are the subjects i'll need to study and i think once i joined series i realized all of us they realized that okay we we now know exactly what to do otherwise it's sort of difficult to figure out on your own um in each subject because there are 20 subjects you need to prepare and each of them needs to be dealt in a very very specific and different way so once i joined series and i just interacted with raisin sir every week and he absolutely knows exactly how to guide students in the right way to make sure that you get into the right into exactly where you want to be assuming that you're um, ready to put in the 16 hours of studying every day and i was absolutely up for that so i decided that i'm going to give my all in the internship i wasn't keen on dropping a year for this so i studied through the clinics before the clinics after the clinics everything and um, just every day following exactly what raisin sir had uh, asked us to do at the previous class and studying the subject that's going on in class and making sure that you know you are up a to z up to date on that subject i think that's very important because otherwise trying to juggle 20 subjects without direction or guidance is um a herculean task yeah so because uh, because like you you have to attend clinics and then there's like some sense of freedom also that okay now you are like free of stud like the exams which you have to give uh, in ug and then there's you have the preparation also and everything just piles up <laughs> yeah that sense of freedom is sort of short lived because yeah. <laughs> exam that's coming up is probably 
as important as your final year exam and uh, much much more competitive than the final year exam and you have a limited number of seats and if you have a particular course and a college in mind and you want to get in there and you want to you know achieve the the dream that you want to be a dentist in that particular field then i think um you really need to work very very hard because there are so many dentists graduating every year everyone is smart everyone is hard working and everyone wants to do well as a dentist in their career so if you really want to get in there and um get into the college of your choice then it's very very important to make sure that you're the best in the version of yourself in all 20 subjects uh, yeah true so there's no there's no escape from hard work if you're ready to put in the hours and the effort then anything is yours i yeah i completely agree see um so um what do you do when you don't feel like studying but have a timetable to follow oh uh, yeah that happens to all of us of course but uh, in internship i had a very very specific timetable which was i never had timetables before that because i had a mental map of when i need to study what i need to study but in internship with the 20 subjects you obviously have to write it down and have a clear plan and i knew that i need to finish so much every day and uh, obviously there were a lot of days when i was you know not up to studying that much and you you just feel like you can't do it that day but what i made sure i did on the days that i didn't feel like studying is i made sure that i sat with my books for at least 2 hours so if if i was going to study for 4 hours then i sat for at least 2 hours just sat even if i wasn't able to study to my potential mm-hmm. i just sat with it and made sure that i spent time because if you break the a uh, habit of sitting with your books and spending time with your books then uh, you start taking it for granted and then one day off becomes five days off and a month off and you just don't realize time flying by so i always say that the days you feel like studying and you feel great to study a lot and complete your entire portion for the day but the days that you don't feel like studying at all make sure that you study less but you study because if you break that that habit of studying every day yeah then uh, it's going to be very difficult to pick up again later and get over the inertia of taking a break yeah so it's always study less or study more but every day you need to study a little bit yeah just like never stop basically not even yeah don't stop and make sure that you're always in touch with it because if you breaking the breaking the habit of studying is the hardest thing to get back to once you're you know taking a break from it it's yeah. very very difficult because even like uh, our exams are like post getting postponed and every day it's just become so hard to even i know that's yeah. what even though it's uh, been postponed now because of the covid 19 and everything i think every day if you just make sure that you spend some time with a particular subject that you probably are a little weak in or you want to revise or you feel you've forgotten something that automatically when a week before the exam comes you'll you'll have the ability to you know work harder and work long hours and some stuff if you work like 0 hours till the week before the exam and then you want to put in 20 hours that's going to be very difficult so it's a gradual steep incline that you need to work up 
and uh, once you're at 8 to 16 hours of study then if you sort of take a day off you won't be able to get back to that yeah <laughs> um this uh, is a next question um okay. so how important is dental health to digestive health so oh, i think we all know that probably <laughs> if we try swallowing our entire lunch for a week we'd get to know how important yeah. dental health is but uh, jokes apart of <laughs> course we all know that if we can't chew our food properly and stuff you're not going to be able to absorb all the different components of your diet that are essential for your well being so um yeah the entire health of your body is reflected in your dental health so as much underestimated as dental health is to a lot of people just because of you know not much awareness about its importance i think it should be exaggerated because only if you can chew properly and only if your teeth are in good health is the rest of your body going to be in a good condition and yeah it starts from the mouth like unless of you course. eat food <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, so there's the next question um it's a uh, um, your daily routine during bds internship and mds preparation <laughs> okay so yeah so this is after final year right uh, yeah during internship yeah okay during internship so um wake up around i think initially when we had like one or two subjects at series i was able to manage with um, two to four hours of studying every day just to make sure that i'm like i know the entire subject thoroughly and everything but then as the subjects start uh, piling up exponentially then obviously the amount of time that you need to give it you know you can't do all your extra curriculars that's when you realize that okay right now i just need to sit with my studies and nothing else matters so i used to wake up around uh, i think around from june onwards no probably april onwards i used to wake up around 5 start studying the subject of the day from 5 to um 8 and then get into the car go to college and work in the clinic try to study between patients as well and i always had the book next to me so that if i get like 5 minutes between patients i try to study because i always had that in the back of my mind that there are people who have taken a year off to prepare for mds entrance and they have 24 hours at their disposal and i always knew that i did not have that luxury both in terms of time and the fact that you're tired after the clinics and you probably will not be able to focus as much so every minute i treated it with so much importance that if i get a get 5 minutes to read probably one pink sheet of series i would spend that 5 minutes doing exactly that and i think except for lunch time one hour of lunch and then getting back to the clinic and working after uh, lunch time was the one time i did not study after that 3:30 college got over and me and shishma my best friend we um sit together and finish that subject for the day irrespective of how much we've completed in our respective postings and everything we sit together for the next few hours and complete it then get home and wash up and everything and sit again with the subject because there are like probably seven components to each subject that you need to complete and the only way to make sure that you're absolutely fluent in the subject is to repeat it as many times as possible mm-hmm. so um that requires a lot of time and it's very very labor intensive so uh 16 hours a day every day 
with clinic without clinic um even after internship i think every day mo- uh, morning 5 to probably midnight was a must for me to complete what i had to it's not like i told myself to study 16 hours a day i knew that i have to finish so much and it took so much time to do it so automatically that became around 16 hours a day so you got in the habit and it continued till the exam yeah it started off with 2 hours and then slowly i started ramping it up and became 4 6 8 and then of course you know that you need to let go of everything and just sit with your books and that's when you know everything sort of fades into oblivion and all you can see are your books and your studies and yeah. <laughs> everything yeah it's an amazing zone to be in yeah <laughs> i wish to get into that like to your answers are like so motivating i i this so so much i learned like when it even started the interview and i was just in awe i'm not i think uh i think as long as we make sure that um, we are working hard and we are giving our all so basically my motto was that at the end when i give my entrance exam i don't want to feel like i could have done better yeah i wanted to make sure that i because i really really wanted to do well in the particular exam and i wanted to make sure that from my side i have given my level best and i've tried my hardest now i wasn't very very concerned about the outcome because i knew that the outcome would follow given my efforts but more than that i did not want to have the regret that i did not work hard enough so i think that's what kept me going yeah okay. uh so moving on to our next question um okay. so um how can we prevent caries and ways to keep our teeth healthy other than just brushing twice Uh, first of all i think brushing twice itself is a massive step for a lot of people <laughs> and brushing twice with the right brushing technique and with the right toothbrush is of course another story altogether so once everyone knows that i think it's only maintenance that's required but if that's not being followed then of course uh, scaling twice a year is a must for everyone irrespective of the status of your oral health and getting your teeth checked twice a year is of utmost importance as all of us know because um you may not feel the immediate pain but you can take care of conditions which are developing and you can know how to course correct your brushing technique or your dietary habits and uh, it's always good to be in touch with a dentist at least twice a year and get at least prophylactic therapy done do you mention uh, types of uh, type of uh, toothbrush like what so how do you decide what type of toothbrush you want i think you'd get to know all of that in perio once you okay. <laughs> reach perio and uh, everything is absolutely well explained in college okay. so no like we have to like I, we just had like the first uh, class of like two classes of perio <laughs> yeah it's an amazing subject and i think there's quite a lot to learn in that regarding prophylaxis so. yeah So, so I'm asked our next question. Um, within what rank would you need uh, to get into a government college in Karnataka? Um, there's only one GDC in Karnataka, so um, to get into any government college, I think in India would require you to be in the top hundred to two hundred of NEET. Okay. So because um, that's what we had learned. 
at CDs and looking at the former statistics and everything. So if you're in the top 100 or 200, is how you're going to get into the any of the government colleges of the country. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so um, would you have preferred to be on the front force or of this fight against COVID? I don't know what that means, but I assume that is it uh, about being a medic or something? No, no, I think, um, I mean, uh, 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 so the, you, you are still uh, working right now, right? Uh, like clinics are open and you are taking patients even right now. Yeah, so we are already uh, on the... So no, you're already working. <laughs> front post and here at AIMS, all the residents are on... Uh, duty, rotational duty mm. to make sure that you're treating COVID patients and doing testing dentists and uh, medical residents alike. So everyone's working on the front lines here and we have never shut down our clinics here. We've been working throughout the entire pandemic and the lockdown. So yeah, we are working front line as front as it gets. Yeah. And uh, there's this other question. It's like, uh, so how did you deal with stress? Stress, okay. Um, I think uh, trying to do other things. Um, reminding myself not to get too over involved into, you know, the you see, you. I think it's important to see your academics as they are objectively and not get, you know, that feeling of overwhelming uh, anxiety and stuff. One, the moment that starts, you know that you need to take a step back yeah. and probably do something else. And for me, that was probably talking to my parents and my friends and my sister. That was my biggest stress buster. And of course, going down for a half an hour run and, you know, automatically the moment you start sweating and running and you get your heart rate up, your mind opens up and you stop feeling the sort of constrictive feelings that are associated with stress. In, ad in addition to that, I always, I always needed to have distractions apart from studies to make sure that I study well. So I would listen to music between my studies. I, I cannot sit for like five hours straight. I would probably study for an hour and then do something very small break, like maybe five to 10 minute break of either watching or listening to something or talking to someone and then get back. And that helps me beat the stress and sort of just make sure I do my work without getting overwhelmed by it. Yeah. Um, this is really, uh, this is other question, uh, which is, um, what is the stand of uh, aims or you uh, as a person okay. about amalgam? Is it, it's hazard as it's banned in many countries. So what's your opinion? <laughs> Amalgam has always raised concerns throughout the ages, as we all know. But uh, I think that with the advent of all the adhesive restorative materials, and I mean, there are so many new types of composites and ceramics and everything now that... Um, the usage and the indications of amalgam have automatically decreased to very, very specific indications. So in most cases where the restorations can be conservatively delicate, we do not use amalgams in general. I think this is true for everyone. But in, in cases where you actually do have like large white cavities and 
where you actually require the compressive strength of amalgam. Yeah. In very specific cases, amalgam is still used and probably right to be so. Okay. So it's depending on the situation. We, it's it's depending on the indication of the patient. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So our last second question to you. Uh. So it's um. As every successful person faces some difficulties before blooming. So what all did you face? I don't think there was any particular single difficulty that I faced. I think difficulties are faced on a smaller or a larger basis every day by all of us. So it's not about, and I think each of us is successful in our own way. So I don't think you can label a person as successful or unsuccessful. It's just what you choose to be successful in. So I may not be very successful in playing the violin, for example, but probably better off in dentistry. So what I mean to say is um, every day there are difficulties that you face because of, you know, you're not experienced in dealing with or college work or stress or patients or you know you're still exploring life along with uh, your degree and your profession so I think uh, it's the entire process of learning and I feel that the more you interact with people and get to know different points of views and methods of dealing with uh, different situations and uh, that definitely helps you overcome whatever difficulties you might face for me probably the difficulties were um, Stress related, okay. trying to figure out, you know, always trying to plan ahead a lot and wondering how things are going to turn out. That's there for everyone, but uh, more so for me. So I started deciding that if I want to do well in a particular exam a year later, then it depends. That's obviously directly related to what I'm doing right now. So I sort of learned how to push away intrusive thoughts and thoughts that are draining my energy and my time with no use at all. So these sort of thoughts that make you feel like second guess yourself yeah. or uh, just, you know, adding to worry without being productive at all. I learned how to sort of remove that from my mind. And I think that's the biggest reason I was able to give my entire time towards academics because once your mental space is free then automatically your uh, time and your effort is doubled to whatever you're trying to achieve because your mind is free of worry and stress. Could you please uh, tell us more like how are you able to like put those negative thoughts away and push them away? I think the most important thing in that is to analyze, to introspect to try and understand yourself as a person. Why, why are you feeling these things? What's going on in your mind? What do you want actually? And what are you trying to achieve? And is overthinking the best way to achieve that? Or see, anyway, we are all putting in the efforts to try and become the best person that we can be or the best dentist that we can be. So if we want to do that in the most efficient way, even very practically speaking, if you want to do that in the most efficient way, then that would require you to concentrate more along those lines. And for that, you cannot have other uh, wasteful thoughts in mind or distractions or, you know, I, I don't think I ever really uh, wasted much time in my entire BDS. I was 
a lot of people say that their BDS went away, you know, with a lot of socializing and stuff, but mine went off with me thinking about my work every single day. And I think that training and that disciplining that you do to yourself by having conversations with yourself, trying to figure out what you want, who you are, and how you can get to where you want to be. These self-conversations are very, very important to yeah. make sure that you maximize your uh, efforts in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah, I see. So, um, so my uh, last question to you. Okay. Uh, so, since my uh, podcast is called Sab Mo Maya Hai, which roughly translates... Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. So, which roughly translates to everything is an illusion. So, have you yeah. ever had any moment in your life where you believed in something, but then the more you like uh, got into it, you realized, oh my God, that's an illusion. Actually, I think um, life itself is an illusion. Yeah. Everything about life is an illusion. So, I think uh, realizing that life is an illusion, as your uh, podcast says, is... Um, very freeing and liberating in a sense that you realize that you don't need to stress the small stuff or the small people who probably come and go in your life who probably are not very important so you start realizing that life is all about making sure that at every minute you're happy and at peace doing what you're doing being who you are and um, living life the way you want to lead it and the most fulfilling manner. So I think realizing that life is a dream and life is an illusion is the most liberating realization that you can have because then you are free of the shackles of stress, worry, overthinking, and you are just, you just are who you are and you are doing what you're supposed to do and you're living life to the fullest once you realize that everything is temporary except the experience of now yeah the uh, thank you so much for doing this um i just really inspired by all your answers and everything and the person that you are i i'm not kidding you you legit like you in or every answer was so liberating and so inspiring because uh i i, I wasn't like i i would say after this interview i i did fall a bit uh in love with dentistry i'm not like I'm, I'm very glad if I could sort of make you look at the beauty of this field in some way. And uh, I think everyone would realize it by themselves. But I, for one, am definitely an advocate of the importance of dentistry because of the personal role that it's played in my life when, I had, when a tooth came out of my socket and I was at a loss that, oh my God, am I going to look, look like this for the rest of my life? And then I had a dentist you know, come to my rescue and I could eat and look the same again. I think the sort of love and respect that I have for dentistry as a profession, if I can make anyone feel the same way about it, I think I would really consider that job well done. Yeah, and, and I, I guess a lot of people will be inspired after watching this interview. <laughs> <laughs> it was great talking to you and I think you're a very, very talented and cheerful host Thanks. and also a dentist i'm very very sure that you're gonna do very well thank you so very motivated. <laughs> thank you so much for doing this <laughs> thank you for having me